record. All right, it is 12.25 a.m. It is the mountain time. This is Minefields issue 178. This is Tony Morales, Josh and Michael. Pulling off yet another miraculous, wonderful podcast. Before we get into the stuff that you, you want and you love. And a three, and a two, and a one. Guys, welcome to the Minefields. 178. Tony Morales, how you doing? Man, doing all right, man. Just keep on, you know, keep on keeping on. It's been a heck of a work week. Freaking uh, got some good stuff in the tin for tonight. Then we got a new era returning on Saturday. You mean new era? One of the best indie feds on the planet? I like it. (laughs) Is it only $20 to put a butt in a seat? $20. Exactly. At the castle? Yeah, Castle Event Center in Thornton, Colorado. It's going to be a good time. Bring a friend to bring a fern, bring a cat. But buy a seat. As long as you buy a seat. I mean, if people start bringing cats to our show, it's going to be a gimmick. No, we can't do that. I remember one of the feds had a place you could bring dogs. It was about as uh, animal-friendly as they allow. (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's a fed right now that has a similar thing, and... I did step in some dog doo-doo at that show. And now, should I have been paying attention? Sure. But you know what happened? Triggered me. Did it? It did. I stepped in some dog doo on the way to the bus stop, right in front of the bus stop, in second grade at the reserve space, and those kids never forgot it. Oh no. I was the kid that stepped in the dog do. Mindy, Tom- Mindy Tomlinson would never go to prom with you after that. Not once. However, you did you did remind me of one of my most cancelable, absolute cancelable moments of my life. Don't worry, it's appropriate. We're, oh gosh! We're, okay, we're, we're Abuela friendly. Um, you remember that movie? Uh, I'm sure you saw the commercials for Ever After that Drew, uh, Drew Barrymore Cinderella movie. Mm. Sure, yeah. No, not that one. Never been kissed. Where she was like, okay, never been kissed, and they show the flashback scene. Uh, the the hot popular guy asked her to prom, and uh. She's all dorky looking. She's got braces and she hears the limo coming and she goes outside eagerly anticipating her first date, maybe getting her first kiss. And in slow motion, he comes out the top of the limo and throws an egg and just perfectly just hits her. Now, this was a chick flick in like 1997, 98. I don't know, like, no. Yeah, I was around that time. There had to have been, like, eight guys in a theater of, just packed theater of chicks. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop laughing. That was one of the funniest things I ever saw in my life. <laughs> Every woman in the crowd looked back at me. Nice. I had to have that split decision. Should I run away? Because apparently that like, 
apparently that was the inappropriate reaction to that scene. But it was hilarious. <laughs> nice. I have never I have never um <laughs> disappointed so many women at once. Somehow I doubt that, but okay. <laughs> I gave that to you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um yeah, minefields. We're talking about comics, wrestling, new era. Don't laugh at women. Actually, actually, I, I actually had a similar situation happen, but it was a uh, in the Joker movie mm-hmm. when uh, when they're at the when they bring out Arthur on the uh, on the talk show, and he ends up killing the uh, the host. Oh, Bobby De Niro. I yeah, good old Robert De Niro. I laughed so hard. That was hilarious because I knew it was coming. And freaking, uh, because I'd freaking read The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He, he killed him. He didn't break the mug and slit, slit his throat, but he shoots him. Mm-hmm. And I laughed so hard. And my wife looked at me and she was like, do you really think right now is the most appropriate time to be doing this? And I was like, yes. It's 100%. You, and I think the direct quote was, you get what Tony Morales deserves. You sum them up, because <laughs> I'm still, I'm still chapped. I don't believe that you why, should. Why? Why are you chapped? I I don't think that you should get jokerized. But you've laughed for ten minutes. <laughs> I should have timed it. Over what? Over what? Well, I lost the bet. Again. <laughs> you did. You did. I was so freaking close, man. I was so freaking close. <laughs> I was so close, and I would have won. But minefielders, if you mind, to uh, last uh, uh, issue, you will audibly hear Tony Morales deciding to randomly change one of his bets because we don't. Of, we, we've had kids, too yeah. many, too similar ones. Like like you were in the freaking uh, SAT class. And you're taking a test that's, you know, A, B, C, or D, and you've had too many C's, and you decide to mm-hmm. change one to an A just arbitrarily because you just don't trust it, even though you've got the right answer. Um, I'm getting heated. Long story short, I got I got hosed. <laughs> the rest like I said, the, man, always bet on Brown. The re- yeah, yeah, that you're... I bet against Rambo. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a t-shirt right there. No, Freaking, that... So the whole the whole joke ends up being, if you, for those who didn't watch last week's podcast, is it came down to the uh, the Reach for the Sky ladder match. And Josh had voted on the Kingdom, which was my pick. And because he had voted on the Kingdom, I decided to change my pick. So I think we only had two, two different picks. Yeah, there's only two. And freaking, uh, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw. I'm just gonna go for it, screw it. And I was like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just gonna go for the Lucha Brothers. They're the only other viable option to win this match. And sure enough, the Lucha Brothers won. And Epic. because of that, they, they didn't just win; they epically won. <laughs> like, 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 like they had heard the podcast and said, "Screw Josh." Yeah, I don't. I don't know their. I don't know their real names. Maybe they do. Maybe they're some of our, uh, you know, guests from Helsinki. Who knows? We 
We do not know. But however... A really huge in Finland. Uh, go ahead and tell them uh, your prize. So because of that, on Senor Torres's dime, we were going to go meet Kevin Smith at Denver Pop Culture Con. Late I, in June. His name is no longer on the list of people that are going to be there. Is it really not? It's really not. That's funny. I'll have to pick somebody else to make you miserable then. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Regardless, no, regardless, it's going to be a good time, man. Like, uh, it was a win-win bet. Win-win bet. Freaking... We're going to be at Denver Comic Con. Uh, I'm hoping we can do two days because I want to do some of the panels. And uh, freaking, it was still a good, it was still a good bet. Like, I think that was the funnest bet we had. Like, I, I actually didn't mind losing that one. That one was kind of ridiculous because I was picking on the fly. But uh, you pulled it off again. The wrestling uh, gods shined upon thee, Tony Morales. In your enviable, awesome X4 shirt. It's a nice shirt. It's a nice shirt. But uh, speaking of uh, Egyptian gods, Blue Beetle. Yeah, the trailer came out yesterday, man. Freaking, what'd you think? Dude, that was so sick. That was so sick, man. Like, freaking uh, Jaime Reyes uh, definitely deserves his... uh, uh, do when it comes to, I mean, he's only like what freaking like. God, when did he come out? It was it was right before New Fifty Two, right? Um, uh, it was Infinite Crisis. No, not in, yeah, yeah, Infinite Crisis number three. Yeah. And, so uh, he's he might be twenty years old at this point. He took over uh, for Mr. Freaking um, God. Uh, I can never remember original. Well, not original. You know, we're getting that. Um, what is that nice gentleman's name? Ted Court. Ted Court. Who got his face punched off in Superman versus Doomsday. <laughs> Yeah, it did. Yeah, that was that was that was awesome. But uh uh seeing the uh John Jones um giant Guess we're gonna I guess you're right. They didn't he, he pulled out. I guess we're meeting the guy from Blues Clues then. <laughs> hey, remember Josh? whoops apparently he's married did you know uh, Josh and Michael here uh, c-blocked your uh, homeboy here alright no that has to happen actually I'll have Bridget filming the whole thing (laughs) tough funny game till he actually remembers you I have I've got the long hair, man. You don't forget. Like, unfortunately, I'm not saying I'm a, a wonderful person. I, I think I'm pretty cool, but I could never rob a bank. Six foot three, Skrillex hair, <laughs> probably yeah. Mexican and Indian. 
They'd have that whipped up real fast. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> but no, it's going to be a win win. We already decided what we're going to do with uh, Machete and freaking Bernthal. And um, I'm hoping that, like, like, the panels, like, they're not always bad because there's usually, like, a lot of dudes, like, talking about comics that, um, you know, like, I, I don't always think that everyone has the best freaking opinions on books because, like, uh, with TikTok and Instagram, you get all these influencers that are telling you uh, what you should and should not do and what you should wear or what you should be into. Uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've never done that. We've never gone for the influencer freaking aspect of it. I was watching this dude uh, a couple days ago that was like 90s, no, 90s bands you should be into. And I'm like, yeah, of course you should be in those bands. And okay. and then like emo bands you should be into. I'm like, no, no one should be in those bands. No one should be into any of those bands. This music is garbage. Uh, and then you have like three bands in that ten, top ten band shirts or something. Yeah, like freaking like the kid was young, but he was trying. Now he okay. was trying. I dug his content. Okay. He, was, he was really doing the best he could. Now, um. I've seen some comic panels where it's people talking about comic books they don't know what they're talking about or they just don't understand literature what we're all about. Um, I saw the uh, Patrick Warburton uh, freaking uh, panel when they were just interviewing about whatever, you know, they, they had like 10 people ask questions and he had a lot of great insight into like some behind the scenes things on Seinfeld and The Tick and uh, Family Guy, et cetera, et cetera. And they just wouldn't pick me. I think it was just too energetic. Like, they wouldn't pick... Nah, not that guy. <laughs> um, but... Uh, he's got a Creeper fan written all over him. Yeah, of course. But as uh, he was walking away and everyone was getting up, I screamed Spoon. Um, I screamed Spoon, which is the Tick's uh, battle cry. Battle cry. And freaking... He stopped dead in his tracks and turned around and he yelled it right back. And I'm like, I did that. That's what. That's all I wanted. <laughs> that's all I wanted. What well, was? But it was. It was a good panel, and uh, I'm thinking we should do two days on this one, man. Because freaking, uh, if I don't, if I recall correctly, there was a sense of serious urgency on all the digging on the serious hunt that day. There was a sense of urgency on that one that I would like to avoid. I would like to take our time. Yeah, I can see that. But, uh, it's, it just really comes down to what kind of panels they're going to have. Yeah, I'd be interested to see who's going to, what they're going to talk about. I've actually never, I've actually never done a panel. Oh, they're they're great, man. If you're on the right one, the Project Warboard one was great. I can't remember the one that like really chapped me and just, just bored the heck out of me But because uh, I was really high. Um, Freaking, I took one of those puffer pins. Sorry, minefielders. Sorry, Mr. Morales, but it was a couple, it was like ten years ago. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm, just remember just not being impressed. But freaking, um, you won the bet, fair and squirsky. The wrestling gods uh, 
definitely did shine upon thee. Um, what are you thinking about this new Vince McMahon look? Because I'm thinking it's this, like, awful days of our lives, like, Mexican dude needs to stop dyeing his hair because he's did a, dyed his eyebrows, mush, uh, his mustache, and freaking hair. It just it don't match. Just go gray. Let it look good. Dude, freaking... I'm just... I'm, the whole thing with Vince, man, I'm just... I've been done with Vince McMahon for a long time, personally. Like, just not, you know. Yeah, he, he did what, you know, freaking not a good person. Got his, you know, got his stuff he needs to deal with. Freaking, I don't, I'm just sick and tired of seeing him on my TV. Does it bum you out? No, it just makes me want to turn the TV off. He's, you know, freaking, I don't want to. You know, freaking at this point in the age, I don't really want to give my money to a person like that. Freaking, that's not not somebody I want to invest my time and effort in. That is the most excellent point there, man, because, like, uh, back in the day, man, like, Vince was the biggest SOB there was, and you expected him to be that way, and I remember we had that conversation where, like, oh, there's hush money, and, like, we realized that uh, no part of the conversation then we were not surprised that he's been cheating on his wife. (laughs) Not even even just cheating on his wife's one thing, man. Like, that's in and of itself is not good. But, like, freaking some of the stuff, like, some of the stories you hear about those girls and what they went through and the fact that they had to keep quiet or they got fired or they got, you know, had to sign NDAs and whatnot, that's, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty gross, man. Like, it's one thing when you're a bad guy in a movie. Like, you go home, you know, once you're done playing the role, you're done playing the role. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But, like, freaking, some people are just bad people. And, you know, kind of one of those proofs in the pudding kind of scenarios, freaking, he's not somebody I trust my kids around. Nope. He would not be welcome at New Era. No. No. We don't need them. We got better people. We got Jutsu. We got Brucey. We got freaking Ryzen. We got Jason. We got freaking uh, Jules. Even our refs are better characters. Well, our, our, we got Buster. I love Buster. Buster. Skyler's a great ref. He's a great dude. Freaking. But nonetheless, I digress, man. Freaking. I did, uh, I did partake in WrestleMania this weekend because uh, you know, my Good son dude. wanted to watch it. Freaking, but uh, you know, night one was fun. Night two was uh, at a one killer match and a comedy of errors. Freaking, uh, it does, yeah, it does besiege the question though. That like kind of is on everybody's tongue right now. Should Cody have, uh, should Cody have won that match? Should he have ended the uh, Roman Reigns' multi-year title reign? Freaking was the story ended? How'd you not see that coming? <laughs> it's always it should have. It should have. It, I think it was the wrong call. I think they'll suffer because of it. Because now what? You know they they freaking they broke the glass. Freaking Brock's back. You know we're we just gonna build to. Are we just gonna build the Roman and Brock again? Are we gonna do Cody and Brock? The answer should always, should never always be that one guy, and the answer is always that one guy, and that's a problem. Extreme problem, man. 
They screwed. You know, him. they screwed him. Well, not even not even so much they screwed him. They screwed the like the, screwed the story. The like they did, but it's it's WWE that they constantly do that. You know, they've done it with uh, multiple people over the years. But freaking, uh, you know, they've been telling the same story for three years now. And oh bullshit! They've been know, telling the same they, story should... since, and that's one. They've been telling the same yep. story since 2016 or 17. It's always Roman always wins, or Brock always or wins. Brock always wins. And, yeah, and and that that's just such BS, man. And like, and uh, to hearken to an old AEW story, what WWE needs now is a hero. And Cody could have been that freaking hero. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the thing, though, too. You know, we, you go back, even like the last few months, you know, we were okay with Kevin losing. We were okay with Sammy losing. Because once he got to Cody, Cody was going to be the, the guy to beat him. And Cody, Cody, in theory, was going to freaking bring in this new era. You know, the last guy that really had a shot with it was, uh, was Drew. And, you know, Drew, unfortunately, had the, you know, had the crap timing of, winning the rumble and then beating Brock right when the pandemic was starting. Oh yeah. So there was no, there were no fans to really get behind him. Yeah. They buried him. Yeah. They didn't bury him. He's still, he's still doing stuff. He just freaking, you know, they kind of put him on the back burner again. They're not burying him's completely different than back burner. That's a good point. But taking him off that pedestal, I, I still consider being buried, but not buried. Like, Get like uh, what was that dude that uh, Arabic dude that they like shoved outside the doors outside and he was never to be seen from again. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, I don't know if it's up my head. Yeah, but even then, man, like they shoved out the doors and they were just like, "We're done." Like, but uh, did uh, Morales Junior enjoy said first night or and or second night of uh, WrestleMania? Yeah, he likes it. He enjoyed it. Freaking, uh, you know, like I said, there were there were some really really solid matches. Freaking um, the uh, the four way tag the first night was surprisingly awesome, and I don't think that gets enough credit because those guys didn't get a lot of time, but they went out there and made the most of their minutes. Freaking. Um, you know, we had a uh, Chad Gable over here, freaking chaos theorying, suplexing, freaking um, Ron Strowman. We had Braun Strowman going off the top rope, freaking. Uh, best part of the whole match was freaking. Cause I'm, I'm kind of personally tired of Braun, but uh, he was doing his little Strowman Express where he runs around the ring, shoulder tackling everybody, and freaking he was almost you. all the way across, and freaking out of nowhere came Angelo Dawkins hit that son of a gun as hard as he could, and he flew into the freaking, uh, into the barricade. So freaking, uh, and good old Angelo Dawkins over here, freaking derailing the Strowman Express was great. And then it led right into the finish from there, because freaking, uh, um, Ricochet had gotten on top, thrown him in the ring, hit the shooting, was going for the shooting star press on him, Dawkins got his knees up, but then grabbed Ricochet so freaking Montez Ford could come off the freaking ropes with a frog splash onto Ricochet, onto Dawkins. Dawkins is selling, and freaking uh, Montez Ford pins Ricochet. So total sacrifice play to freaking get the win. 
and it was a freaking you get the win for an excellent match. I love hearing that, man. So, I mean, that was solid. Freaking Mysterios was everything it needed to be. They had some, they had, uh, they had some bomb entrances. Freaking uh, um, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley was super good. Yeah, that was really good. That was that was a little brutal, man. I haven't seen uh, Ripley go that hard because she had to. Mm-hmm. And then uh, night two had the uh, the triple threat intercontinental title match, which freaking was just big beefy guys slapping beef. <laughs> uh, freaking a, a shirt I'm not allowed to wear to uh, New Era, by the way. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Freaking um, but yeah, no, that was that one was kind of the highlight. Freaking uh. Like, and even the even Cody and Roman was good. It just freaking at the end of the day, it was the same old, same old, same old. Freaking uh, Cody had hit two crossroads, was going for a third, and Solo Sokoa, who'd already been kicked out of the ring, had come back in through the crowd and gave him the spike. Roman gave him the spear, and it was done. Just you know, and I think I have heard a lot of people talking about you know, hey, we need to play it out and see how the story goes. But quite frankly, we've been listening. We've, it's been the same story for three years. You know, Roman needs somebody else to help him win, and freaking he wins. And it's been the same story every pay per view defense. Like he just you need something different after a while. I still say that the WB needed a hero, and that freaking Cody could have been the hero. Oh, I definitely could have been. That's the thing. Because, like, at the end of the day, a lot of people are just saying, you know, if not Cody, then who? You know, because it won't be Sammy. Freaking, it could have been Drew at Clash of the Castle, but you didn't do that. I'm saying Seth. You know, maybe. He's probably the only likely option. I think he's the last guy to beat Roman, and that was just by, I think Roman got disqualified. Mm. So, I mean, maybe it will be Seth to freaking see what he does. Because, I mean, at this point, you're kind of running low on options. Did you watch any of the uh, Bloodsport, Josh Burnett's number nine? I did not, no. Uh, it was gnarly, man. It was a great mix of a freaking uh, MMA. It was a great mix of theatricality and um, speedball, of course. Our boy, freaking. Oh, nice. He put us over, man. He put us over really well. That was like freaking two years ago, and um, watching him do what he does. But uh, I gotta say, um, the cameras were real close as they should have been. The venue mm-hmm. was gorgeous, beautiful oh, nice. stage, freaking uh, for all the non wrestling or professional wrestling uh, matches, they removed the uh, the main bars. Uh, if you don't mind me, uh, I'm ignorant of what, what those main bars are. Um, I'm kind of confused how they were able to um, do certain things, uh, especially in between matches. And But it was basically just a bare mat. Okay. Without the bars, no ropes. And... The production dude in me was like, I would have done this, I would have done that. Uh, freaking, um, 
I would have had these guys pulled back. Um, they didn't show the crowd enough. Uh, honestly, uh, if you only watch, like, I want to say, I'm going to go ahead and say it from the visuals. We had just as much people at New Era. No, no, it's okay. At a GCW show. They might have had maybe 50, maybe 70 more people. But in that space with people that are that engaged, um, it lit a fire under me, man. Yep, we're doing it. And that's a GCW show. Everyone knows who GCW is if you're in the in the know when it comes to any wrestling right now. But it it honestly just set a fire into me. Nice. It, it was actually uh, the matches were good, but freaking uh, when it comes to the production and compared to what we do here in Colorado, it. Not a uh, jock riding here, man, but if uh, Tony Morales and uh, Jeff and you and I were booking a show, or that show, they'd have burned the place down. <laughs> they would have burned the place down. Just on sheer principle, uh, having uh, that good of a roster and freaking... Um, Barnett is actually kind of a, one of my uh, secondary, I don't want to say hero, but he's definitely someone that I look up to. Really into freaking heavy metal. Uh, the Good blend with that. And um, knows pretty much every MMA, jiu-jitsu, taekwondo. I mean, like, but he's putting the show on for people that he wants to see. And yeah. it just so happens that the people he wants to see are, like, some pretty good dream matches. And uh, just uh, probably breaking even. And just, okay. just doing it just to do it. Because that's, that's nice. what he wants to see. And obviously the opposite we're talking about, what you were talking about with WWE, where they pulled the swerve on us. We tricked you. You paid for it. You hated it. <laughs> Yeah, what? Like, who was on this card? Uh, the. Let me pull it up real quick. Card was. Jeff Cobb, Calder McCall, Eric Hammer. Calvin Tankman, Marina Sheriff, uh, Killer Kelly, Kota Bushi. Kota Bushi versus Mike Bailey is one of the best. Best, ah, oh, that was that was that was so good. Bad nice. dude, bad dude Tito, one of the best names I've ever heard. Because my I have an uncle Tito, by the way. It's actually you don't say Tito, it's pronounced Tito. Uh, beef. Uh, with Yuya Yamera, Harry Smith, J.R. Kratos, Johnny Bloodsport, obviously, a.k.a. Morrison, Royce Isaacs, who... What was that one show that Royce Isaac was at? 
I swear to God, there was something really important that Royce Isaacs was at. The NWA Japan or the New Japan Strong? Oh no. I feel it was something local. Well, he's gonna be at our show this coming Saturday. Oh, so. you mean that show? <laughs> that are is only twenty dollars for a butt in a seat. This is true. <laughs> John Moxley, Alex Coughlin. Alex Coughlin couldn't hold his freaking butter on that one, man. Alex Coughlin couldn't hold his butter on the bread on that one, man. Um, obviously Moxley went over on that one, but he couldn't. That was like getting beat up at the bus stop, man. Oh, jeez. It was like getting beat up at the bus stop by a dude whose mom hasn't been home in weeks. <laughs> Aw. He's been, uh, Moxley, Moxley been living off a steady diet in Newports and old peanut butter. And uh, we got Timothy Thatcher and Josh Barnett. Uh, Josh Barnett actually uh, took the took the the L on that one man and I love that it's, it was only 12 minutes 50 seconds but it was intense but freaking Barnett took the freaking L on that one guy's got his own whiskey company man like this guy's like I feel like going to a Lamb of God show in freaking Davenport Iowa <laughs> like he'll do it shows up yep nice Yep, but uh, super stoked about that. It was it was uh, first full blood sport I got. Uh, actually, the only one I ever paid for. Um, but um, GCW really knocked it out of the park, man. The only thing that I, the only thing that was missing was freaking uh, Tony Morales and Joshua Michael figuring out the freaking production and how the card should go down, but. We can't be there for everybody. Yeah. That'd have been cool. <laughs> yeah, it would have been cool, man. Let's get some comics, man. Freaking, uh... Uh, let's see what's in the box. Sweet. You want to go first? Uh, I do, actually, on this one. Because this one is something I'm really passionate about. Um, let me pull it up on Instagram real quick. Uh, I've got the books in hand. But there is something Uncle Todd has been doing. And I want to pull that up right quick. Freaking, um... Alright, so, the uh, it was like, I want to say three weeks ago. I was like, hey man, the guy on the cover, this zombie... Ain't in the book. <laughs> That's Deadpool. Pretty much. We get the uh, last issue of the Scorched. Uh, all same style. Now what the, he's what he is decided to been doing is that he is finding amazing like I don't want to say underground artists. Um, People that are dedicated to their craft to do the do the portraits of the the intros like the the freaking you know the cover 
And we talked about this uh, two years, um, maybe a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit less, when I was like, hey, like he beefed, like it's still the same price, but the cover is cardstock, almost museum quality, the paper's great, and uh, it's still the same price. And now he's bringing us uh, Artist Spotlight's covers, and the upcoming issue of King Spawn 21 is uh, done by a gentleman named Mark, Mark Brooks. But he's going to start focusing on all the covers being painted gorgeous monstrosities. Like okay. I said. Scorch, Gunslinger, Kingspawn, freaking, like, they don't all pertain to the story, but they, it's just, like, beautiful art. Yeah. And uh, he's bringing that, wrangling it in. Paint us a cover. We'll use it. It better be good. And I like I like his modus operandi. Nice, nice. And uh, last but not least, because I couldn't find it in my box last week, was my sensational she sensational She Hulk number one May for the uh, Jennifer Walters School of Wayward Mutants, the official Minefields studio. But you have been holding that on me. I have been. You, you, you've got something good. What do you got? I do have something good. All right. So, uh, so for last year, when I made my initial list, yeah, I, like I said, like we talked previously, when I separate my list, I always have my Grail books. I've got my key, my big keys, and then I go into my runs from there. So I've got it separated into three parts. Yeah. Now, last year, I had nine books set up in my Grail run. And freaking, I was able to acquire eight of them. So I had this one book that I'd been looking for for a substantial, substantial amount of time. Well over a year, probably about a year and a half, two years, actually. Can I guess? And it's about... A book I've always wanted. Let me let me finish up. Because it's a book we've seen multiple different uh, different stores, but we've never I've never pulled the trigger on it, and freaking never found a price I wanted to pay for it. Yeah, let me guess. Okay. First Prince of Cable. Oh, I already got that one. Some of them. Some of them. Yeah, I know. I got yeah, I got the first two runs of X uh, New Mutants already. But no, the uh, the book, you know, this was one that was a uh, obviously substantially more easy to acquire financially with the uh, the movie that came out last year. So I was able to acquire Amazing Spider-Man 101, the first appearance of Morbius. Freaking finally, freaking finally, that's awesome, man. That congrats, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Also, f you for freaking not telling me you got that first Prince Cable. <laughs> you were there when I bought it. No, it was not. I got it at Mile High. I was when you buy stuff at Mile High, you buy it in between the freaking uh, during the freaking uh, uh, intermission. Exactly. And you're always there when I do it. 
I'm I will not, tell you later on. I am afterwards. not. I, I finally I did. I've had that first appearance of Cable for like a year. Right, well, congrats <laughs> on your first Morbius, man. That's gnarly, man. Congrats. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Uh, I, I love yeah. that. I love so this is not the grail I was telling you about. I was able to, uh, to acquire that. I tried to acquire that one's going to be next week. Yeah. I was able to acquire it later. You're going to get it pressed, graded, and I'm, I'm going to, you're going to show up when we're on the hunt and I'm going to, you're going to ring the doorbell and you're going to hit me in the head with it. Like a steel folding chair. You're not allowed to do headshots anymore. People get mad. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. <laughs> no, congrats, man. I'm happy for you, man. Uh, I love the diversity. Like, uh, freaking... I was... Uh, in my Grail diary, I was putting things down, and I was like, man, I can't think of any other... Like, I want to say there was like eight, nine runs I'm trying to can finish, and... and mm-hmm. The other part of it is just keeping up and make sure I don't miss any upcoming issues. Like, uh, I'm the indie guy, man. But congrats. That's awesome. Obviously, Amazing Spider-Man, we've talked about it before, is, you know, on the list of getting everyone. But that's, that's, that's a key. Yeah, that it was, man. I got a couple of good Spider-Man keys. Freaking, uh... That's kind of like that's a, like Amazing Spider-Man's always, you know. That's, that's a, a run that a lot of people are going for. It's worth it, man. Worth it. Uh, uh, so, what you get on the list for tonight, man? Uh, let me see. Let me start out. Freaking out. We gotta. Well, get, let's get the list done. What are we doing tonight? Let's start off with uh, Batman 134. So I'm not going to lie, I haven't been as into the run since the Darsky took over, but this one's pretty good. Oh, this is a great one. Yeah, we've got the uh, we've got Batman in the alternate reality after Failsafe sent him. And freaking uh, one of the big things I want to point out, he he's the bat the outfit he's got currently was very uh, reminiscent of Batman from Earth One. <coughs> I love the I love the Earth One series. Good call. But yeah, he's got his little, you know, he's in the underground. He's trying to fight the uh, find out about Red Mask, who's apparently basically running this version of Gotham. And, you know, they, you know, they're talking because he's got all these people just trapped and have lost their minds. You know, we see this version of Lex Luthor. And we see a version of Barry Allen's Flash. Oh, yeah. But they're all insane. But you got to rewind here, man. Like, he, like, Selena shows him where he needs to go. And freaking encounters the red mask immediately it really is an honor and batman uh shows his puts his first uh card down darwin halliday this is over you were yeah. at, that, that was the gentleman at the grave last issue right 
I believe so, yeah. And freaking just, I get you. Let's talk. And uh, the the one that really terrified me was freaking Flash. Uh, confined and we're, we're dealing with multiverses because this one might get out and decide he wants to save all his mothers on every planet every multiverse and we've got a flashpoint every single multiverse which i don't want to see but we we see darwin here freaking uh having a flash-esque um you know an accident at the lab but mm-hmm. what it does is like what confuses me and r- really like kind of i feel as the meat and potatoes here like we don't know what good meal we're about to get but you know, Barry got shocked, you know, lightning bolt in the lab, but this is just some mixture of chemicals, but the mixture of chemicals unlocked the secrets, or a little bit of the secrets, of the multiverse to Mr. Darwin here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the whole thing ends up being, he's basically this reality's version of the Joker. And the whole thing is he wants to basically figure out exactly what led the Joker to be, as he puts it, free. And freaking, he wants that for himself. He's going to basically go back to the exact moment when the Joker becomes a Joker. That way he can uh, basically reenact that moment and release himself onto the world, basically. Right. You know, and even in this uh, in this time frame, you know, Bruce Wayne still got his friends. He's got his sidekick, uh, Jewel, and he's got you know this version of Catwoman, who's not his Selena, but is you know his a Selena. So he knows a at Selena. her core a who she is. Yeah. But uh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. But then he ends up confront. He ends up finding uh, this version of Ghost Maker, who's known is known as Ghost Breaker. But uh, this version was also imbued with venom. Yeah, that was scary. And and the fact that he's keeping up with them, that he trusted his instincts to know that we've had similar training. He might have the same. Uh, red spots, the same freaking uh, weak spots at the same time, and he's holding his own on a ghost maker, uh, like you said in this universe, ghost breaker. He's holding mm-hmm. his own, yeah. So that's the thing is that he's he's fought ghost maker before, but ghost maker in this reality has not fought Bruce Wayne. But yeah, uh, Ghost Breaker ends up releasing a bunch of these criminals that are all insane, even though they might not necessarily be criminals, and they actually end up releasing Superman. And Batman just goes right up to him and freaks him out, basically. Well, what did this come from? Like, because it, like he mentioned that like this scared Superman when he got sent to this universe, but like. Was this a reference to anything like from um, 
freaking a doomsday clock or something because it triggered something real hardcore. Yeah, that I don't know because it's definitely it's, I can tell it's not a flashpoint thing, but it's definitely nothing that rem- like comes to mind off the top of my head. Well, in Doomsday Clock, he scared the heck out of uh, freaking the Superman that was the contained, like, you know, anemic, anorexic, tiny Batman. I'm sorry, Superman. And takes the chance on it he, and puts his eyes back, you know? And yeah. scares him to fly away. No, there's our monkey wrench. Yeah. But yeah, they end up releasing this whole toxin into Gotham City and Jules is trying to get everyone into this one particular building to avoid it. And as the uh, the cops come to, you know, t- you know, capture all these people, Catwoman is there to just save the day. And we end up seeing that Alfred actually made it into the tower and he's trying to get his, uh, I believe his wife, you know, Leslie Tompkins there, but she, you know, she's helping patients so she can't leave. But we go back to Ghostbreaker versus Batman, and you know, Batman's able to overcome Ghostbreaker because he utilizes the fact that even in whatever reality it is, Ghostbreaker still has an amazing ego. And he, you know, overcomes him. But then the freaking... Toxin takes over. Yeah. Yeah. Toxin takes over. But, like, uh, the one thing that, like, stands out here is, like, uh, Batman just lost a hand. Yeah. I didn't catch that till right now. I didn't actually see that earlier. Batman just lost a hand, like straight off off the wrist. Full bloody stump. Freaking. And then we got Red Mask here. And. They, what, what are they unleashing, man? These like like little like, honestly, man, like uh, this last. Uh, if, if I'm not jumping too far ahead, and if I am, stop me. But uh, freaking. They unleash the uh, the, the mini, leather wings. The mini, yeah, the leather wings. The uh, mini man bats, but it was like freaking fly, my pretties, fly. Yeah. And the, no, it's kind of reminiscent of that, or reminiscent. I, I was more akin to the uh, freaking uh, when Rachel Ghoul had the uh, the ninja Batman when he had got a uh, the man bat formula. Yeah, but that was way cooler. But we've got everyone retreating into uh, what tower? Um, that's the only safe place. Uh, Alfred's there. His wife is an RN working on everyone that's losing their mind from the uh, the the crane. What do they call it? The crane glass. The crane glass. Crane brain. Crane brain. I'm still loving the fact that. Uh, they gave us, I'm not going to lie, man, of all the things that we've gotten and not gotten, the one thing we have not gotten is a knockdown drag between Ghostmaker and Batman. And 
he's not running Batman Incorporated very well lately. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, it still confuses me that he would just help out so quickly during Fear State. And we get this knockdown drag out with a ghost maker or ghost taker. Um, lose a hand. He still prevails. Anything that stands out? No, it's a it's Athena Tower that they're going for. That's where they're headed. And you know, like this story is definitely picking up a lot. I'm, I'm digging this. I'm digging the B story. Me too. Where the B story. Trying to find Batman. B story was freaking great on this one, man. Toy maker, like uh, I gotta say, like my 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 uh, mind vessels and the. The connections there I was like, is that the Tinkerer? I'm like, no, that's Marvel. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> and, uh, but we've got that's um, Toy Man. It's Toy Man. It's Toy Man. You're you're correct. But freaking um, Superman is. Uh, oh, real quick, you know, um, everyone gets. Well, most people get the important people get to the tower, and the leather wings get released, and then uh, we get to the B story. But um, freaking. Superman pretending to be Batman was awesome. Mm-hmm. It definitely worried me that Uncle Todd's going to make a uh, Superman as Batman action figure. But I already got the uh, freaking Elseworlds uh, speed and bullets speed for and bullets. And yeah. So, this, was, this was really heartfelt. Like, uh, anything you took away from this in particular that really stands out? Yeah, no, I, dug the, uh, I dug the interplay between Tim and his mom. 100%. Yeah, so I didn't really, you know, I don't recall her ever being in the picture all that much. I believe in the old Nightfall, it was Tim and Tim and his dad, Jack. And freaking, uh, so it was kind of cool to see them have their moment. Yeah, we've never seen that before. And then he just, you know, he has to leave. You know, he has to leave. She understands. And he's going to go into whatever reality he needs to go to to find Batman. And like the last page where we see all the multi multiverse Batmans is great. You know, we got a uh, freaking we got Vampire Batman, we've got Gotham by Gaslight Batman, we got old school Batman, uh, we got Batman off from Batman or from Superman Red Sun. Metal. Yeah, classic Batman, and then I think that's actually Kingdom Come Batman in the corner. I was thinking metal, but, but be right. I, no, no, I think you're right. I thought that could be Kingdom Come, and then in the very small corner there, we got Dark Knight Returns, Batman. Awesome. But yeah, no, I really, I really, this is probably one of the. You know, I haven't really enjoyed too much regular Batman lately, but this one I really got into. Yeah. Tim to save the day. He he's been he's been like side character for like eight years. Oh yeah. I don't really know if he got his full due before they brought in Damien. But this story's been really solid. I got Superman. And it sucks that it's just a B story. Yeah, but even then, it's still part of it. It, it. Like, especially since I've been, you know, complaining for so long that the B stories aren't always as good as they should be. And adding to that, we've got, we just had a crescendo for the main story and 
almost is equally as good crescendo for the B story. That like, like keep reading. Yeah, the a lot of times the artwork isn't as good as what you just read for like a six, seven, eight page, um, you know, B story. But the artwork on this was amazing, and really putting Tim Drake over like the way they did, and having the having the interaction with his mom, and when she's like, "Hey, wait." Like th this was like the best part to me was she's like, hey, wait. And he's, she's like, it makes me feel good that no matter what dimension my boy is in, my son is the best of the best. <laughs> yeah. like, like, like that really put it home. And uh, I remember thinking like, because uh, Mr. Terrific helped him get to where he was and um, his mind went straight to his mom and his family. And I'm like, you're wasting time. What are you doing? And like, and uh, when when she said that, like, that's what really is gonna give him the uh, emotional gravitas, the emotional. Mister Terrific says, "Pick where you need to go," for him to really focus. And, yeah. And get to what needs to happen. Not to mean to look too far into that, but like the way the the interaction with his mom, I mean, like it was short and sweet. They they didn't bleed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely got there, though, man. So it's kind of nice to see. And like I said, we don't really they haven't been overly exposed to Tim and his mom's relationship. That's definitely kind of nice to see that little bit. Mm-hmm. Freaking the next one I got is uh, Superman Lost. Okay. I haven't been so into Superman since freaking Doomsday. Awesome. I know you read two. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But freaking Lost uh, starts out with a wonderful conversation with him and Lois. She comes out of the bedroom. She's got her hair in curlers. He's making breakfast. And... He's like, yeah, we can spend some time together. And she's like, yeah, we should spend some time together. And, well, yeah, that's not going to happen. Who's going to get called away faster? Yeah. And the conversation uh, harkens back to uh, our last conversation about romance comic books. Um, these two are 100% in love. However, they also, it's the complete opposite of like, oh, go get him, Tiger. And but she's always mad he's leaving, and always mad yeah. that he's late. Um, complete opposite here. She understands. He understands. Uh, whose phone's ringing? Uh, it's mine, or it's yours, or it's obvious. Like she says here, she's working on this wonderful story because this starts out with um, a high speed car chase, and. The, the car that's being chased actually isn't the important part. Um, he flips a quick U-turn in the middle of the highway. I mean, this guy knows what he's doing when he's driving. He's NASCAR driving, man. He's drifting. Pulls a perfect Yui. And uh, we've got a woman that is about to crash in. And they're talking about how you never know what day is your last day. You have a heart attack or it's someone else's last day you're backing out of your driveway and you actually run over little Timmy yeah and they're talking about this during this 
high-speed car chase, and this woman is getting run off the road, and as she is flying off Dead Man's Curve, freaking the trunk pops, and millions, like 20 millions of dollars freaking just pop out of the trunk. And we get to uh, the uh, freaking the Kent's house, uh, well, Kal-El's apartment with Miss Lois Lane, and they're having this little tete-a-tete about how we're going to have our date night and or just be together. And he's like, I'll be right back. And she wakes up a couple hours later, and he's frozen in the living room. Not literally frozen with ice, but he's just, like, frozen with, am I here? And he's like, I know you're mad at me. I've been gone for a while. She's like, you've been in a couple hours. And he's like, wrong. I've been gone for 20 years. Oh, wow. And then there's a knock at the door. And it's Bruce. Cal knows why he's there. Bruce knows why he's there. Lois does not. Uh Uh-oh. Now... The problem is, is that both of these men look like they have been through hell and back. And Bruce is like, I should leave. And she's like, he said, I actually he said, I should go. And she's like, you should stay. <laughs> Nobody moves until I know exactly what the hell is happening here. Let him go. Cal is just standing there petrified that he's back moments after he left even though he's experienced 20 years gone. And the experience, uh, the the distress call that he responded to, there was something going on in international waters, but it wasn't actually international waters. It was in... Uh, God, we're talking like... Um, pull it up. Bermuda Triangle. It wasn't the China Sea. Now, was it? It's never the China Sea. International waters... That's just what world powers want us, the press, to report. Turns out, Japanese military were trying to uh, bomb somebody, but they weren't trying to bomb anybody. They'd been tracking a singularity. An alien ship had landed in non-international seas, and they were trying to retrieve the engine. Doing so... It caused an international incident. Justice League shows up. John Jones, Flash, Hal, freaking Aquaman, Wonder Woman shows up in her invisible jet, by the way. And uh, they calm everything down. And the only person that can go into the ship, because uh, the, the poor Chinese people, they were trying to steal the uh, freaking engine, uh, overloaded it. And it was causing a singularity, which was a black hole. And the only one that could stop it was Kal-El. Mm-hmm. Now, I had, it's, how often, uh, if you don't want me asking, how often do you read, like, an action scene that's, like, eight, nine pages long, and you're reading it as fast as possible, not because you want the comic book to end, but because you're so engaged, like, you're there. This is one of them. Yeah, it's not too often. This is one of them, the, the, the battle. And they lose. They lose Cal. Oh, wow. But he significantly stops this alien ship that was causing a black hole that was going to suck the Earth and eventually... 
uh, in a nothingness, and then that's the little explanation that Bruce and Cal know at the moment. And then we get the last page, Blink, Superman Lost, book one. He's in the middle of, like, um... non-charted skies and out of time and place and I think the uh, the one thing it's called Next Kansas Beyond the Stars I think the one thing that was really jarring for me on this book was the fact that not only is he gone which happens all the time by the way <laughs> all, yeah, the freaking t- all the freaking time but he just stop something and the singularity of the ship is a swirl of different geometric formations uh, or a, a planet being sucked inside by a black hole and he's knocked knocked out and but that's just the memory the the, the thing that the meat and potatoes here is that Bruce just happens to show up a minute or less after Cal comes back and says, I've been gone for 20 years and knocks on the door. Dang. That's, uh... Kind of makes you wonder if Batman was there to tell Lois that Cal was gone. Lois is... I agree. I agree. But... He's still there. (laughs) He's still there. And he knows something he ain't telling him. Um... Freaking, yeah, that's my book of the week. This the the arc was amazing. Um, it was a lot of fighting, but not what I always complain about when we're reading a, a whole book or something like that, uh, where you don't know where to look. Um, that's what I got on that one, man. But that that that's actually my pick of the week. Superman lost. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually got a Donna DC Superman 2. I'm not a not a huge reader of Superman, but I picked up last issue and it was good enough to make me want to grab number two. Oh, dude, like like I felt the same way. That's why I read Lost. And like I've had uh, uh, Jonathan Kent was actually decent. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like best of the best. It was almost as good. It was a little bit better than um, Starhawk and uh, Darkhawk and freaking Marvel like like six seven months ago when colin was popping for it and um but that's what got me into this one now superman's superman's hot right now yeah it definitely is you know plus i had one of my favorite superman villains parasite oh yeah oh parasite 100 percent Yeah, I know. Plus, he's got a, he's got new powers where apparently he's, he's apparently splits now, and he can also uh, apparently take over other people's minds and make them hungry for power as well. Yeah, so we got Superman. You know, there are so many of these parasites that Metropolis has basically gone dark. And on top of that, they're draining Superman so badly that he can't see everything. When he's finally able to shoot off some of his uh, his beams, his eye beams, freaking as heat vision, he sees just an outline of hundreds of parasites, and they're all after him. 
you know, at the same time, his son and cousin are out here building a uh, a frozen wall to encompass the city. You know, we see this uh, this group of villains that apparently were Lex Luthor's villains prior to Superman coming to Metropolis. And they're like just this group of mad scientists and they're experimenting on Bizarro. Oh, yeah. And even, you know, they're not so sure what uh, what they should or shouldn't do, but the uh, the brother and sister team that are in charge were just like, we're, we're going to do this. And, you know, if you don't want to be here, cool. We're going to do it anyway. And now on, on top of everything else, you know, we got Superman's in charge of LexCorp now and has Lex Luthor in his ear while Luthor's in jail. You know, and everybody in Metropolis is able to help is trying to help Superman out with this. But there's only so much he can do right now because there are just so many, uh, you know, just clones of freaking Parasite out there. And, you know, John's letting him know him and while him and Kara are trying to get everyone out of Metropolis, they couldn't find, uh, you know, they couldn't find Lois. So, of course, Superman goes out, looks for her, and finds her at the Daily Bugle. But before he finds her, they meet this new character, Marilyn Moonlight. Because apparently Superman's been gone, and while he's been gone, new superheroes are arose, and Marilyn Moonlight's one of them. And she's got these moon powers. But as she leaves, Superman finds out that she has uh, fully recharged him. And freaking, you know, he's trying to talk to Luther and he turns around at the bugle and finally finds Lois. And she's been possessed by Parasite. And turns out that the rest of the people that work at the bugle have also been possessed by Parasite. And it turns out they just, they keep, the Parasites are keeping involved, keep evolving. And apparently now they're in the air, and one of the last scenes is all these parasites trying to climb up this ice wall, and Superman himself might be possessed by the parasites. Awesome. The way it should be. He needs to suffer like the rest of us. Pretty much. That's one of the things with Superman, is he, you know, he tends to be a little too OP. And freaking, that's always kind of been one of those things that have kind of held me back from really investing in Superman issues. Well, but I this this is freaking phenomenal. I appreciate you taking my uh, uh, clue on that one because uh, it was like a month ago when I was like, "Dude, Superman is amazing now." <laughs> this 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 latest like actual legit Superman book, like uh, bringing it back home, and we're getting such good stories like this. Like, ah man, like. It's not that I don't want to read Superman, but Superman is never, like, kind of palpable to me. Like, it's it, like drinking some fine wine or just, like, I want a Shiraz, but this Shiraz isn't made in Australia. It's made in friggin' New York City. <laughs> and it's back to it's back to some awesome stuff, man. I'm, like, I, I love the fact that we actually got to talk about two separate soups books on this one, man. 
Yeah, I think that might actually be a uh, minefields first. Yeah, like I, I can't remember the last time we ever talked about Superman, like an actual individual Superman book. I don't think we've ever actually focused on one. Uh, uh, I think the one I did, like maybe two and a half years ago, was when uh, Booster Gold was helping uh, um, Superman's dad around, and Jonathan had just shown up. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long freaking time, man. Um, you got anything left in the uh, the tank there for this one? Yeah, we can do one more. Uh, freaking, uh, anything out of, out of your pocket? I don't know, man. I'm, I used up my two books. Um, uh, a lark that was really fun is It's Jeff Zero One, which is about this little tiny baby shark. And it's a compilation of different uh digital uh small comics that they've done online about this baby shark that just happens to hang out with everyone in marvel and it's just the cutest thing i've ever seen it's and i i mean scotty young does these like cute covers and everything's really cartoony but it's jeff it's just the the it's a baby shark it's got to be probably maybe 18 inches long and it just happens to be friends with all the uh, the Marvel crew, and all these little uh, strips. He's smelling the the laundry, smells all good and dirty. Gets in it and accidentally gets thrown in the wash. Five pages of him enjoying the wash. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, freaking, uh, he goes to the beach, and uh, he's all excited, but he remembers the last time he went to the beach, uh, everyone got scared because he saw a shark fin, so he goes to a freaking uh, costume shop and buys a dolphin costume. And swims oh, that's that, funny. And everyone loves him. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's Jeff. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um Definitely a lark. Uh, the uh, second book of the week that I've got is The Ambassadors by uh, Mark Millar and Frank Quitely. Now, this is not... Now, there have been times where I've been like, yo, you need to get this book, and you're like, oh, I'll hold off on it. Because you could have. No. Not this one. This is Millar with Frank Quitely. A lot of people were complaining that Frank Quitely wasn't doing the uh, Nemesis books. Like he did the original run, but um, mm-hmm. imagine a world where you and I are chilling. We're part of the UN. We're part of the head of um, freaking everything that has to do with anything that gets done in America. We know all the conspiracy theories. We know everything about everything, and we find out that this superhero program from back in the forties. That ridiculously failed. We couldn't. We we were able, we were able to break the atom, but we were not able to make a Superman, uh, a superhero, and we faked it. And it's nowadays, and a woman that is currently incarcerated in a Korean jail has not only succeeded, but built this utopia in Antarctica, and she is has a huge uh, presentation like uh freaking apple like when steve jobs is presenting the iphone for the first time yo you want all this together 
You, you, you want the superheroes? I fixed it. I figured it out. And I'm Korean. I'm not, I'm not American. I'm also currently incarcerated. But she's still there. Oh, this is my new body, by the way. And uh, I'm currently uploading my brain to it right now. Uh, my husband and I started this. He wanted to make money off it, sell it to militaries. I want to do the right thing and give it to everybody. So here's what I'm going to do. And she puts it on camera. She sews her actual physical body. Like, she's at the presentation. But they show the video of her old body that she's commanding this new body. And she goes, <laughs> boom. <laughs> they try to stop her. And before she does, she's like, well, I'm only going to give, uh, I know how to figure, I figured it out. And I'm going to give it to the altruistic people on the planet. Each continent, each major power is going to have a shot at X amount of getting their own superhero. And we're doing it Willy Wonka style. Gotta get the golden ticket. Oh, jeez. Gotta get the golden ticket. And, uh, but she said altruistic, specifically. You're not in it for yourself. She's looking for people that are in it for everybody else. Which is really confusing because you read really, a, you know, Frank Mal uh, Mark Millar book and it's always one against everybody. But this is like, let's find the best people. And I had such a good time reading this book, The Ambassadors. Uh, last but not least is The Indigo Children, number one. Kid can read minds. Well, that's dangerous. He's also, <laughs> he's also probably a reincarnated being from Mars that is telling us all the ideas of like, oh, actually, uh, human beings are actually from Mars. And I am an encapsulated idea, a program almost, not program, basically um, relocating to another planet, populating it, and not one of us that originally had the idea have woken up yet. And now one of them, mm. ha and now one of them has. And it's about a journalist uh, trying to find uh, the indigo children. He's trying to, like, they, they're pretty powerful, but we don't know how far yet. Uh, Daredevil uh, was pretty good, but... Zdarsky, God, man, I really swear, I, I, I really think I'm right that he wasn't happy how good Fear State was going. Tinian... I really feel there's a rivalry between those guys. And a lot of the well, maybe. That, a lot of things that Tinian has done. Uh, Zadarsky's kinda knocking it off here, but Daredevil was alright. Love sick. Uh good as usual. Uh found a new book. Uh gotta finish uh issue five. Uh Vanish. Uh it's a Donny Cates book, uh off image, but uh 
Last thing I want to round it out with is Venom Lethal Protector. Uh, the story is written by David Micheline. The artwork was phenomenal. The uh, colorist and the inker did the artist no favors. It like looks like a book that if you're reading Midnight Suns, you're reading Ghost Rider, you're reading freaking uh, All the Best of the Best in 94... You open this up and it looks like a freaking a book that ain't up to your par. And I'm probably going to keep up with it for a little bit, but the dialogue was really hackneyed. Well, there's a giant venom sim symbol in the sky. I sure could use to uh, beat up and break some bones, but it's definitely a trap. Like the, of course it's, it is. It's really hackneyed, man. We need a distraction. What? Find Peter Parker? Spider blood? Um, so be it. And then th that's how like the exclamations are. So be it right now. We would relish the sound of breaking bones and screams for mercy, even if it means it's a trap. Sorry to disappoint you, but there's no trap. Enter Silver Sable. Uh, Silver Sable. Silver Sable? But why? You're not exactly listed in the yellow pages, Mr. Brock, and I needed to contact you. Again, why? Well, simply, I have a proposition to make. A business proposition, and I'd like to add you to the payroll of Silver Saber, Silver Sable International. Okay, like, yeah, that's so hackneyed, man. Like, like, just, like, I can't join forces with this guy. I don't want to join forces with him. He'll get hurt, and I'm a solo player. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get the hackney stuff, man? Like, we've done it before. Yeah. The, the what writes itself to you, and uh, to bring it home, man, like, uh, the bringing it home is, like, one of the worst parts about writing I've ever heard. If anyone ever tells me, I'm bringing it home, or it wrote itself. Yeah, I'm not, I'm no longer interested. <laughs> yeah. No longer interested. Um, you're probably just building off old tropes. I'm definitely getting into a trap. And uh, like we see the vulture meet up with a uh, faceless person. Um, you have what you were sent to obtain. Of course, said the vulture. When the vulture makes a bargain, he keeps it. Well, have you proven... You have proven yourself useful, Vulture. I suggest you continue to do so. If you wish to continue at all. Get out of here. <laughs> no, that does sound bad. It sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds yeah. fucking... Ah, two. 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 Freaking... One step closer to Daredevil 1. <laughs> it's all going to be fun and games until we're super successful and... We're, like, talking about the money and, like, wait, 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 not so fast. I've had my lawyers go through every minefield. You owe me $800,000. <laughs> I'll pay. And two. $800,000 and two dollars. Son of a. 800000 and $3. <laughs> $3. We're recording now? <laughs> Been recording this whole time. The whole time, Austin.
Ah, oh, God, man, that freaking WWE thing is really chaff chafing me. It's chapping me. Did they really sell the company? I keep seeing all these rag sheets saying that they actually sold it. Yeah, that's what they're saying. It's still be- to the, uh, the parent company of UFC. It'd still be better than this Venom comic book, though, bro. <laughs> and and what like what really chased me about it is the artwork is so good. And the inker and the colorer did this guy no favors. Like, the the way they colored it makes it look like a bad, like... Hey, do you read any of those uh, Ultraverse books? No. No, we didn't. Because we opened them up and we're like, this looks like it sucks. <laughs> this looks like it straight... Any of those. It looks like it straight up sucks. The artwork is just like, okay, like, it's detailed as heck, but freaking... Uh, yeah, like, they... The inker did this guy no no favors. <laughs> no favors, man. And then top it off, it, it it comes with one of those quintessential, like, oh my god, the cover of this book looks amazing. It looks like legit evil venom with like the like the snarling mouth, big eyes, and you turn the page and it's like, ah. <laughs> <coughs> Well, that's what I got for this week, man. Freaking had to go in a little bit of those little runner-ups on this one, but I absolutely, like, don't color someone's artwork like this ever again and mm-hmm. ink your own work because this guy didn't know what you are doing. That's how it goes, sadly. That writing was evil. <laughs> you know isn't going to go sadly, though? I think you know. A new Super Mario Brothers movie debuting this Friday? It actually came out today. Oh, did it? Yeah, the trailer looks amazing. I didn't know. Nice. Blue Beetle. Uh, the only thing... Oh, John Leguizamo, but it's okay. Uh, anything with John Leguizamo, I'll, I'll sign up for, but freaking George Lopez and the Blue Beetle man, like, he rubbed me wrong. Batman's the fastest. <laughs> Batman's the fastest? Like, he had his fingernails painted on that one. I, I paint my fingernails. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? But he did have a killer mullet. They had, they had the rat tail and everything. He had the rat Like, man, my mom ruined George Lopez for me, man. Like, uh, his wife gave him a kidney, and you know what he did? Okay. Promptly, I know divorced, what? promptly divorced her for a younger woman. Aww. His uh, FTP about a uh, gimmick joke about uh, F that puto uh, mm-hmm. about his problem with uh, Eric Estrada. Yeah. Yeah, he started talking crap about a uh, up-and-coming comedian. Um, i look it up. George Lopez feud. Recent feud. Someone asked him on a uh, podcast if you heard of Ralph Balboza, who's out. Okay. Of, he's out of Dallas. He's a young kid. I want to say he's probably like 22, 23. Mm-hmm. And they they kept mentioning him. He's like, "Who's this guy? No one's heard of him. Who cares about him?" Okay. After all, is a uh, f that 
not getting another uh, tally on this one. Where Eric Estrada didn't shake his hand back in the 70s when he like showed up on set and wanted to meet his hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turns out Ralph Bosa really likes George Lopez. And someone they kept asking me, he's like, no, no one knows about him, who cares? Yeah. But my mom ruined it. He's a cheater. Cheated on his wife. He's a cheater. You're, uh, the older uh, ladies in your uh, family have the cheater in the vernacular before they go to shirsh. <laughs> no. Most of the are that bad. Freaking out. <laughs> uh... But yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I'm just not. I've never been a huge George Lopez fan. Yeah, he was all right. I used to freaking love that guy. He used to be I, I was, I was really hoping you were gonna be like that kid from Dallas, return out to be his son or something. Oh, that'd be great. That would have been funny. <laughs> it's your turn, man. If you got nothing left other than the fact that you got to get some butts in the seats over at New Era, four thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Last show. You don't want to be standing up. Vinny, Vinny ain't got that many uh, freaking chairs, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll get more chairs. It'll be good. <laughs> but yeah, no, man. This is, uh, finish this off right, man. This is my feels. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. New Air Wrestling this Saturday night. Come check it out. Thornton, Colorado. Buy the shirts. Mindfields rules. <laughs>